before I read our script, will you please pray with me? Lord, we just come before you just expectant. Because, Lord, it's only you that we seek this morning. And we know, Lord, that when we come seeking your face, that you will be faithful. And so, Lord, I just pray that it's only your words that are spoken and that all of our hearts are open to what it is that you would have to say to us this day. We just trust in you, O Lord. It's in your son's precious name that we pray. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, and I invite you to stand in body or spirit for the scripture reading, and we stand in recognition of a risen Lord. And today's scripture reading is from Mark 16, verses 1 through 8, where it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. And here's a side note. Peter was named because Peter had denied Jesus three times. Go tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb. For terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. You may be It's an interesting ending, right? The women fleeing the tomb, telling no one. And that's where most people believe that the Gospel of Mark actually was intended to end. And silence. And actually, this is my favorite ending of all the resurrection stories. Because the Gospel of Mark, it's the shortest gospel. It moves really fast. He uses the word immediately 40 times. And yet, even though it's a short gospel, he throws in all these random details, like Simon of Cyrene, who helped Jesus carry the cross. He named Simon's children, because the writer of Mark wrote for a community who knew Simon and his children. He throws in all these little details in such a short gospel that goes so fast. And yet, even though it moves fast... The author wants to leave no room for doubt of just who this Jesus of Nazareth was and is. From the very beginning of the gospel, when John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, 
when he baptizes Jesus, we see the heavens open up and the voice of God declares, this is my son, the beloved. And then throughout the gospel, we witness the power of Jesus as he heals people and as he calms the stormy sea. We see him walk on water. We hear him talk about God and what it means to follow God. We hear Jesus three times in the gospel of Mark try to prepare his disciples for what was to come. Where he tried to explain to them three times that he would have to die. But on the third day he would rise again. But of course they didn't understand. And then in the gospel of Mark it slows down for Jesus' last week slows down as we walk with Jesus from his triumphant entry into Jerusalem with the people shouting and cheering his praises all the way to the Last Supper and the betrayal by one of his disciples, by one of his friends. We follow him and witness him being beaten and mocked and spit on. We witness the people who had been shouting just days earlier, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And now they were shouting, crucify him. And we follow him as he has to carry a cross upon which he'll die. We witness his last breath as a Roman soldier at the foot of the cross looks at him in his last moments and said, truly, this man is God's son. And if that was the end of the story, we would understand it ending in silence. But we come to a tomb that's empty. We encounter an angel declaring, remember what Jesus told you. Remember what he tried to explain. That he would have to do this. That he would rise again. Remember what he said. He is alive. He is risen. Go and tell. But again, we encounter the silence. Again, we encounter the women running from the tomb afraid. But it's the silence that calls out to us from across the years. It's the silence that calls out to us from the pages of Scripture. That if we get to this point in the gospel of Mark and we know who Jesus is, that he wasn't just a good man, that he wasn't just a good teacher, but that he was the son of God. That he was the one, the promised one, that God had promised throughout the Old Testament. The one who generations had been waiting for, the one who God had said, a deliverer is coming. Savior, a rescuer, who will bind up the wounded, who will seek out the lost. One who is coming, who will take away the sins of the world. 
we get to this point in the Gospel of Mark, and we know who Jesus is, that he is the fulfillment of God's promises. God's promises that are true and firm, that are yes and amen. God's promises that are greater in reality than we could ever begin to imagine. If we get to this point, then the only answer that we have when we come to this stopping place in the Gospel of Mark is to break our own silence. It's to hear the command from the angel to go and tell, to share, to proclaim that the one who we have all been waiting for, that the one whose death and resurrection has changed everything, that he has come, that he lives. But it's not just the silence that we are left with of the resurrection at the end of this passage. Because if we're being honest, we live in a world where the resurrection can feel silent. We live in a world where we can look around and it just feels like Jesus was a good man who's still dead. We look around And we see the brokenness of a world. We see the brokenness of people. Where all we seem to be left with are dividing lines that prevent us from seeing the image of God in one another. All we are left with when we have holes in our lives are anything and everything but the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world where we encounter moments where we encounter situations that just feel so hopeless. We live in a world where death feels like the final thing, the final moment instead of just a doorway. The silence of the resurrection still meets us. And the silence still calls out to us. The angel's command to and tell still calls out to us. Because if we come to this moment and we believe that Jesus is the son of God, if we come to this moment and we believe that he died for our sins, for us to, to know wholeness, for us to be made clean, for us to be able to call ourselves heirs to the kingdom of God. If we come to this moment, we come to an empty grave with a proclamation of resurrection. How can we remain silent? We serve a Lord who is walking. We serve a Lord who is risen. We serve a Lord 
whom death could not defeat, a Lord whom sin can never touch. We serve a Lord who died for the love of us and who rose for death not to be the end of our story. We serve a Lord who was willing to endure death a Lord who, who came and is willing to meet us in our greatest moments of failure and proclaim his love for us. We serve a Lord who came and wants to know us and wants us to know him. We serve a Lord who is not distant, but is close at hand. But the silence still greets us. The silence still meets us. And the question is whether or not we will break our silence. Whether or not with the words that we speak, with the lives that we live, when we're at church, when we're in our homes, when we're at work, in our schools, no matter where we are, if we will allow ourselves to break the silence. Because to serve a resurrected Lord calls for a life of resurrection, a life not defined by our mistakes, a life not defined by, the, by death, a life defined by the life of Christ of service, of love, of kindness. A life defined by a desire to know this God who would choose this for us. It's not just silence on the pages, it's silence in the world. So how will we break the silence? How will we choose to live in a way, to speak in a way that speaks of resurrection and not just a good man who taught nice things? How will we live and speak so that our lives break the silence more and more until every heart knows, until all of creation is able to know the gloriousness goodness of a living Lord. How will we break the silence today? This is what I want all of us to be wrestling with. Because it's not just thinking about, it's wrestling with how we ourselves can break the silence and speak of resurrection. How may we do this? May this be the question we wrestle with. As we come, as we begin to come to a close in worship, as we leave this space, 
may we each break the silence so that we may go and tell of a living Lord. May this be May breaking the silence be what defines our lives so that his resurrection may live and speak in every dark place until his light and love and glory is revealed. Let us pray. For all you are, Lord, give thanks for the fact that that you choose to love us in, in every part of our lives and no matter what we have ever done wrong that you choose to love us that you choose to know us that you choose to call us your own Lord we confess that we have not always lived lives that speak of resurrection because silence is so easy. But Lord, may we not be silenced when it comes to you. May the truth of the fact that you live that you move, that you choose to move through us. May it empower us and challenge us each day to break the silence of your resurrection of your Lordship. May we remember your empty grave and your resurrection we love you Lord Amen